Welcome to the Speaking of Tangents podcast, a podcast for your ears. This week's episode is brought to you by science. And not in the science dropped off an envelope full of cash in my door kind of way, but in the actually we talk a lot about science and things having to do with science in our guest segment. You should really check it out. It's super interesting. Science. It's super interesting. My name is Jason. Hey, and I'm KJ, and welcome to episode 92. And in this week's Week in Review, Jason and I discuss proposals at the ballpark for about the 92nd time, and sibling squabbles. And speaking of family drama, have I mentioned lately that my kids are making me crazy? Also, KJ's stepbrother comes on to talk about some very interesting stuff going on in a part of the world you probably haven't been to. We'll wrap it all up with feedback. All that, plus several conversational tangents. In a week, things happen. Yes, they do. And now we'll review. Yes, we will. Those things that happened. The things that happened. It's the speaking of tangents. Week in review. So what's up this week? How good is up this week? I went to two baseball games this past week, and that's not the good part. The Twins won them both. That's the good part. That was fun. We don't usually get to see victories when we go there. Hmm. Did you see anything else? Oh, yes. I, we saw another proposal. Of course. Of course. Of course. And I tweeted about it, and this lady mm-hmm. did not seem... She seemed surprised. Oh, I saw that picture. She, it was not a happy surprise. It was a... That's what I thought. You just, you know, stole my purse and ran off, ran off yeah. surprise. It was not good. I think Jeannie Byers tweeted something like, her name was Cindy, the gal that was proposed, because I think it said, Cindy, my love, will you marry me? Was it Cindy with an S? <laughs> no, Cindy with a Y. Oh. Um, I think Jeannie Byers said Cindy looks perturbed, and that's exactly how I'd describe it. Yeah, but I have not seen amused. no, but I've seen so many of these things now. Um, I think Luke Stat Young Man asked how many have I seen, and I think mm-hmm. it's five out of six games. Although I went to that second game this weekend, and it did not occur. So five out so of 50%. seven. Fifty percent. Yeah, fifty yeah, percent. And Matthew Vogel at Vogel Mad said, "I'm starting to think that there's a popular school of thought out there that isn't. I should propose in a sports stadium, but rather I should propose where KJ can see it." And, yeah, it's, and I think yeah. that's true too. Although I will say that this this proposal, I don't know if I sanction it, but I would say it's. It was kind of sweet because they were an older couple, and I've never seen that before. They must have been in their mid-50s. They should know better. (laughs) That's what I, that's worse. Okay. They should be, they should have lived long. They have survived to be in their 50s. They should have learned a few things along the way. (laughs) They should know better. If you're 18, knock yourself out. I was an idiot. Well, no, actually I wasn't. Most of my friends were idiots at 18. Yeah, well. When you're 45 to 55. (laughs) Come on! I figured you I figured that. you'd go that way, but it, you know, well, of course, because you know what? <laughs> it's true. I have a brain in my head. <laughs> she, because you know, they always do these proposals. It's the last thing after the kiss cam. 
And so she first they still just, do kiss cams at oh, like live yes, sporting yes, events. Yes, that's where all these proposals happen right after the kiss cam sponsored by Continental Diamond. Oh my gosh. You saw my tweet about I that. I did, yeah. I want to know what Continental Diamond is. I'm more interested in that. It must be a jewelry store. And tire? They sell tires too, maybe? Continental? <laughs> tires and jewelry, like Costco. <laughs> they, they serve breakfast? <laughs> maybe, probably. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we saw another proposal. But now I'm down to five out of seven games. So definitely shooting below 50% now. I would say still 50%, but you know. We're not the statisticians of this podcast. No, we're definitely not the statisticians of this podcast. So go go ahead. And my brain is in my head, but it is not working at full capacity. This morning? This week. Oh, this week. We went off the summer vacation cliff this week of my kids have now officially been out of school too long and need something to do and are driving each other and me insane. So what, what are they doing? Or is it maybe Whatever the question they is, what aren't they doing? Create anarchy is what they're doing. <laughs> well, right now what they're doing is they're in each other's rooms because for the rest of this week, they have to live and sleep in the other person's room because they got so territorial about their own rooms. And like one of them would walk into the other one's room and they would freak out and get in a, like a physical fight. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, you guys are swapping rooms and you have to take care of this person's room and you have to take care of the other person's room. So it's. And how's it's that the, going? It's to put them in the same T-shirt yeah, and make them hold hands for, you know, an hour, except it's an entire week of you live in your sister's room and you live in your brother's room. That's what it's turned into. And is that working? Are they doing it? How do you think it's going? I think it's not going well. Just take a wild well. guess. Oh, they hate it. So it's working awesome <laughs> as a disciplinary thing. It's working terrible as a thing for my sanity. I, I and Well, kudos to you for... You know, sticking with it as a discipl- discipline. Oh, you have thing. to. You 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 have to because if you give a little bit in these little things, I mean, and you know, we're we're reasonable people. Mm-hmm. But you you have to once you say something, it's almost like you're punishing yourself because you have to stick. Even because it would be very very easy to go, okay, here, just oh, forget all that and go back to whatever. But that's not going to help down the road when they become teenagers. No, it won't. Sorry, my my uh, I was about to say, iPad. What in the world is that? It payday payday. Wow, you got the gold bars dropped off. They're pretty heavy. Oh, God, there it goes again. Yeah, right. <laughs> the whole truck backed up to your house and dumped all your funds. <laughs> that, that literally sounded like somebody just dropped a gold bar, like a bar, like something heavy on the table. It did, well, it was my iPad. I tried, to shut, I tried to shut the payday reminder off and the iPad fell over. You, you got so much money at once that your iPad was stunned and it just fell out. <laughs> yes, yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, this so this room thing is. I don't I, think uh, my parents ever did that. I mean, w- what I mean is that we would get in fights all the time, go in each other's room. Mm-hmm. Get out of my room. She's in my room, Dad. And I don't think they ever had us swap rooms. Oh, well, see, this stuff happens like on a regular basis. But literally this week, I can tell you the day. It was Monday. It went from, hey, we're on summer vacation, we can tolerate each other, and we're okay being here, to, uh-uh, it ain't <laughs> happening anymore. And it took a turn. I mean, it really just dropped. It went off the cliff. So I can tell you for a fact, as far as my family is concerned, about a month 
to six weeks of summer, or actually five and a half weeks of summer vacation is about the right amount. They need to now go back to school. They need officially something to do every day. And I mean, we, I took them to swimming lessons. They went and spent, you know, a week with my parents while we were in DC, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. it's not like they've been sitting around here all the time and we go places, you know, I'm mean, trying to get them get outside and walk around, but you know, it's, I, I think most parents now have basically just given up on that. Yeah, because you can't send them outside by themselves, like to run around the neighborhood, like we did when we were kids. No, you can't do that anymore. It's just—it's a different world now, and so I don't want to go and spend you know six hours outside with them while they're sitting there complaining the entire time because all they want to do is be inside, you know, watching TV. Yep. So you try to get them to do other things besides doing, you know, looking at a screen. But it at some point you just have to go, just be nice to each other for once. And yeah. even that is a struggle. So it's it's you're, it's time for ready. school to yeah. start again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So let me ask you this: When, as far as you, you said, you know, you can't let them go out on their own and play like we did when we were Mm-mm. kids. Do Mm-mm. you do you take that stance because a, if you did that, other people would report you, like the one person that did out in the East Coast that was reporting somebody that was letting their kids walk five blocks to school or whatever it was by themselves. Yeah. Or well, you B, know that's going to happen. Yeah, or B, you're truly afraid for what might happen because of the world is full of crazies. I'm not afraid, I'm cautious. So C, most of all, most all of the above. Okay. I just right. know better because there have been, there have been sightings multiple times in, in my neighborhood, which is a nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's not like I live, you know, in next to a prison, I mean, yeah. sort of, I kind of sort of do, but it's it's just the county An actual jail. prison. Oh, county jail. No, it's yeah. it's like the holding cell. Uh-huh. But it's not like I live, you know, in the inside the walls of San Quentin or on yeah. the Alcatraz Island. It's I mean, we live in a nice neighborhood, and it's a situation of uh, you, there have been multiple times in our neighborhood over the 15, 20 years that we've lived here that they have spotted and caught people trying to go through the neighborhood in a van trolling for kids and trying to lure them into their car to drive away with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's in my neighborhood. That's crazy. Yeah. I used to go like miles on my bike with my friends out of the neighborhood, across highways, you know, across train tracks to the rough parts, rougher parts of, you know, where you, I probably shouldn't have been going, mm-hmm. but it was still relatively safe as long as you were with other kids. And now it is, it's a different world. And part of it is, you know, I look, I'm older now and I realize more of the dangers out there because people have always been crazy. Well, that was but now my it's question. Like, Do you think that it's gotten worse or we're just more aware of it? I think people are bolder now with more. their insanity is what I think. Okay. I think people are Emboldened braver and more insanity. blatant. Yeah. They're more blatant with doing crazy stuff and wrong stuff. So I, I think it's a lot of it. I don't know. Which is interesting because... If, you can't be too careful, though. No, I mean you, you can can't. be. You you don't want to well, like shelter can. them, yeah. but you. I can't let my seven year old walk out of the neighborhood. You know, a mile. I just mm-hmm. can't. No, can't anymore. No. Yeah, we um, we had it. We had it good when we were growing up, didn't we? We went anywhere we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. I mean, here's the other thing, though. I know I, I did. And I don't. I yeah, never I stayed inside. We were always outside. I was always outside, and. Part of it was my parents were like, "Do not come back in here until it's dark." Yes, at yeah, like eight a.m. because middle of the summer, my mom had had enough. Yeah. and I understand. You understand? I totally that. understand. And look, I was me and my brother were pretty good. We fought like like you were saying, like little bitty stuff back and forth, mm-hmm. like all brothers and sisters do. Mm-hmm. It was not at this level of 
screaming at each other and throwing things and pushing each other. And we, we didn't ever actually get into physical fistfights. That very, it, it was a rare thing. I feel like it's a daily basis of, I'm like, which one of you hit the other one first is the question oh, out of my yeah. mouth. Yeah. Well, that kind of stuff. We so. did, my brother and I did have physical fights. Not often, but we did. I threw yeah, a so shoe at him rare. once. He'd my brother came after me with a knife. Oh, yeah. I've done the knife thing. He stabbed the couch. I didn't he know. He stabbed the couch because I moved out of the way. <laughs> oh, okay. He jumped off the arm of the chair and came down like, you know, like Thor with a knife down <laughs> on trying to, when I was laying on the couch, I just happened to see him and move out of the way. Oh, my god! It was gosh. a kitchen knife. No wonder you assess the situation when you walk into any room, <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> Got to have eyes in your back of your head when you're in my family. <laughs> I think I did the knife thing, but I never meant, I mean, it was just a... Threatened. You tried to scare yeah. him, yeah. I threw a shoe at him once and he ducked and it broke his bedroom window. Oh, yeah, that's. Yeah, got, I imagine got you got in trouble that. for that. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Oh, my, bro- my brother got in trouble for stabbing the couch, too. So. Uh, as he should have. <laughs> it's like, I mean, he was like five years old, six years old. Uh huh. Yeah. He was just really mad. Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, you, would, you probably couldn't figure this out about me, but I am, um, I can be relentless sometimes when I'm picking on somebody. Oh, no, I haven't noticed that. Nah, not at all. I could keep things going for, you know, years. <laughs> years. And speaking of, you know. Which brother- is probably not the best thing. What'd you say? I said, which is probably not the yeah. best idea sometimes. Probably not. Let it go. As yep. uh, Adina Menzel would say or sing. Or, <laughs> or the Beatles. Indigo man zier. What, what did John Travolta oh, call her? I don't her? remember what it was. It was it something was like, ridiculous. Yeah, it was not good. Not good at all. Abdullah Oblongata. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and speaking of, you know, brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. maybe we should move on to our next segment. That sounds like a plan. All right. Do we have a guest on the show this week? Answer no or yes, it's a binary thing. Do we have a guest? Do we have a guest? Answer no or yes. Why, yes, we do have a guest, and and this week's guest is multi-talented. He's a mechanical engineer, a proud alum of the University of Texas. Hook 'em horns! He's a longtime member, past president of the Greater Austin Chapter of Engineers Without Borders. He's a world traveler, and he makes the most beautifully symmetric baked goods I've ever seen. And, well, and they're also delicious. Um, he's a musician a member of the 300 Club, and he's here to talk to us about his work in Antarctica <laughs> and, and probably other things, too. I mean, this is speaking of tangents, after all. But I think his most significant accomplishment by far has to be that he is my stepbrother. Please welcome the tremendous Tim Ager. Hey, Tim. Hi, KJ. Hey, how Hi, you doing? Doing great, thanks. First of all, you may have noticed that I struggled a little bit with the pronunciation of Antarctica. So let me just ask right now, is it okay if I just refer to it as the South Pole for the rest of this conversation? That's much easier to say, yeah. Or should I just call it Pole, or am I not privileged enough to call it Pole? You, you, can, you can try it. I don't know if you can pull it off, but give it a shot. Okay, all right. Please don't just call it Pole. All right. Please don't do you, that. You have to just have you have to be one of the people that has been there to to fall into the category that can call it pole. It helps if you have a little bit of gravitas in your voice. So it's like, yeah. So when I was at pole, and then you yeah, <laughs> okay. There you go. Now I, I'm gonna right off the bat, Tim. I'm gonna out you as a non 
Tony Kornheiser Little, as they're affectionately referred to, as we are affectionately referred to. And as that, such, that you're, is true. But through you, I, I am somewhat familiar um, and and do know the TK salute. Oh, great, great. <laughs> are you are you giving me that right now? As far as you know, no, I'm not. <laughs> Well, you are technically our first guest on this podcast who doesn't have some direct connection to TK. So, you know, congratulations, I guess. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Trailblazer. But, you know, yes, exactly. But don't worry. I mean, because there are listeners of this podcast who are not Kornheiser fans and are probably delighted for a shift of gears. But um, I'm sure everyone who listens to this will enjoy it. So why don't you just tell us, like, what sparked your interest to go to the South Pole? How did you end up having the opportunity to do so? Um, how many times have you been? What did you do while you were there? You know, all that stuff. Are you are you there right now, by the way? Are you back in the United States? I, I am in the United States right now. So, okay. um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not um, at pole. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so if you asked a, a bunch of questions there. I'm, I'm just going to start chatting but if anything that sounds good takes it on a tangent please let's go down that (laughs) rabbit hole um i uh so i i didn't even know anything about it until i saw um, a newspaper article about someone who had spent the summer season in mcburdo um i read about that and i said well that sounds really cool i like traveling i like um out of the way places off the beaten path and it sounded it sounded like a, a great deal um just it, it, it just really piqued my interest. I wanted to do it. Um, I was working at the time uh, as a mechanical engineer, um, but had been looking for an exit strategy. And so when I left my job, my I had some goals, and one of my one of my goals was to try to get work uh, in Antarctica. Um, and so I started applying for positions, and um, as often is the case, uh, not hearing anything back. So. It's, it's one of those things where it's, it's sometimes kind of hard to get your foot in the door. They get a lot of applications. And mm-hmm. so um, I would just continue applying and not hear anything back. And year after year, I kept doing that. Um, I'm, I can be a bit hard-headed, I guess. Um, so I just kept trying. And mm-hmm. in my seventh season of trying, um, I finally was offered a position. And uh, that was in 2015. Um, and I was offered a position as a research scientist, also referred to as a research associate. Research scientist is a little lofty. Um, I'm not really a scientist. Um, but my, my job was to go down there and support other scientists in their work and then also be a caretaker for um, a handful of science projects uh, throughout, throughout the whole year. Um, and so that was 2015, 2016. So I went down there. And I spent a full year at the South Pole. A full wow. calendar year. Full calendar year. Got down right? there yeah. in 2015, um, October 31st, and then left mid-November 2016. So you got to experience all four seasons at the South Pole. Yes, I got to experience all two seasons. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So, so they so being being at the South Pole, there are there there's basically two seasons: there's summer season and winter season. Um, but they, so the sun comes up during uh, the the equinox. So it comes up in the southern hemisphere. So it comes up in what is that September 21st ish, um, and it stays up, and then it goes down in 
uh, around March 21st, and then it stays down until the next September. Nice. Wow. That, that, so I was able to keep up with you because you did write a blog the whole time that you were there mm-hmm. every week, which mm-hmm. I was so impressed with. Every week you wrote a blog. And so I could see, you know, when you were in complete darkness and when, and how bleak that must have felt to, to us reading it. We were like living vicariously through you and, and saying, oh, this is because th- you had all kinds of activities that you were going on down there. You were more busy than I was. And I had a whole United States to move about in. So <laughs> <laughs> I spent three days near the North Pole in Alaska inside the Arctic Circle, like for oh, a nice. contract job years ago. And it it was in January, so it was dark the entire time I was there. And I was there for three mm-hmm. days, and after three days, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> so I can't. Uh, how was that experience of it being that dark for that, like, without the sun for that long? Did it, was it strange? I mean, obviously it was strange, but yeah. was it, how, how, did you, it was, how was that experience? Yeah, I think I, an analogy is, is like a car trip. You know, if, you're, if you have to get in a car and you've just been driving around town and then you have to get in the car and drive for an hour and a half or two hours, it seems like, wow, that's, uh, I'm going to be in this car for a long time. But mm-hmm. if you're going to get in the car and it's going to be a 12-hour journey, you kind of get your head around. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be in this car for half the day. Um, uh, and yeah. then you just you drive. Know it's coming, and yeah. You know what's coming. And so I think for you, you know, you knew it was going to be three days. And by the time the three days was up, I'm just sure you were ready to, to see <laughs> I was the ready sun. To go. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to see the sun for six months. And so, you know, it, after, you know, a month, you're, you're like, okay, well, I've got a ways to go yet. And so you, you don't really have that anticipation. And you just kind of set your mind to, it's, it's going to be a while before it gets light out. Yeah, that makes cool. that that's makes a very sense. Good, that's a great point. That's a good way to look at it. So and then the other the other the other side of it was the night the night sky is really amazing there. So even yes, though yeah. don't get me wrong, by the time September was rolling around, I was ready to see the sun. Um, but it was it was amazing. To, you know, so I I would go out every day. I had a, an outbuilding. I had to go out and check on. So you know, at least once a day, I was out, and you know, just a couple hundred yards away. So it wasn't a long walk, but. I was I was out in the weather every day, and at least fifty percent of the time there were visible auroras, and so it was wow. just amazing. You would look up, and and you know sometimes it's kind of faint in the distance, and other times it would just be a river of bright fluorescent green going from horizon up over you down to the other horizon, or these huge curtains of green shimmering. And um, and when there weren't auroras, uh, it's very low humidity, so the the stars in the Milky Way, everything is just incredibly bright i mean it's, it's the there's there's nothing in the way to, to see the see the star the stars so that's incredible the, the night sky was was really amazing and that's that's really what makes it all worthwhile cool. yeah and you shared a lot of those pictures on your blog but as in most at least my experience when i've taken a picture of something and i look back at it, i'm like well that's pretty but that doesn't capture the actual beauty oh, yeah. So Certainly I'm sure it was like 10 times, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's 10 yeah, times it was, more beautiful was, and real. It was amazing. And there were a couple of times, now they, they normally they move kind of slowly through ours. It's, it's kind of, I think it's kind of like clouds, you know, it's like sometimes you can kind of tell the clouds are moving if you look really closely, but it's one of those things where you look at it and then you look away and you look back and go, oh, hey, it's changed. And a lot of times nice. your were that way. Occasionally there were a couple of times that they were moving in real time that looked like uh, time lapse photography, and it was just incredible. Wow. You just stand there with your mouth open, and it yeah. just swirled. <laughs> um, and I will have to say, the first time I saw 
Bureau instead of, you know, I was walking out of the building and all of a sudden I looked up and, and I hadn't seen him yet. It was the first time it, was, it got gotten dark enough and, and there were this, this green, there's this green streak across the sky. And, um, and I, I, it's really funny. I have to laugh at myself. I look back at it, but I, I literally was, was like started clapping. Um, like, <laughs> um, nice. and, like, <laughs> nobody around, but I was just nobody's like, around. Yay! Yay! Look at that! I was so excited, and then, then you know, you know, then you look around and go, "Okay, that was silly." But, but it was it's, it's <laughs> no, really. I totally get experience. that. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, we talked a little bit about the different seasons, but as regards to the different seasons of workers, how many people mm-hmm. are you down there with? What are your quarters like? I mean, is it a big building mm-hmm. you're all staying in? Um, and then I should clarify, this is with the National Science Foundation, correct? NSF, is that who you were yes. working for? Okay. So That's NSF what, uh, is the big boss. So the, the South Pole Station is, is um, owned by the U.S. government, and it's, uh, owned, it's operated by the National Science Foundation. So they, they are the big boss. Um, but then they um, subcontract the running of the station. Um, and so I worked for the subcontractor um, that, and at the time it was um, uh, Lockheed Martin, and then they got sold mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. Lidos halfway through. But anyway, so it's, it's a large con- government contract that actually runs the station, keeps everything up and running. Um, as far as population, so the, the summer season, and that's when most things get done down there, starts uh, pretty much beginning of November, and it runs through mid-February. Um, and that's when the majority of the science and the majority of any type of construction or maintenance, um, it's just, it's not as cold. They can get planes in and out. So that's when most of the, most of the activity is happening. And the station population, while it's dynamic, there's people coming and going, but it's about 150 people, 150. Sometimes it flexes a little higher than that. The station where everybody stays, it's a very, it is a fairly large station. It's elevated. The idea is the snow would blow underneath it and not, not accumulate, even though it does drift a bit around it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the station holds 150 people. There are some outbuildings. So if you, we end up with a few more, we can, we stick people out in the outbuildings, which isn't so much fun for them, but, um, it's better than a tent. Um, but yeah. then, so then, then the, when the last plane leaves, so, you know, somewhere around mid February, there's last plane out. And then the, the winter overs are there to basically keep things up and running and, and keep the science going and keep the, keep the building warm um, until the following um, October, November timeframe. Uh, that usually is, it, 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 year to year is different, but 40 to 50 people typically winter over. Okay. Um, so oh, yeah, that's it, about accommodation. So the, the rooms, uh, the nice thing about Pole is everybody gets their own room. Um, they're mm-hmm. very small. Um, I believe it's slightly smaller than the legal size jail cell here in the state. <laughs> um, okay. But it is at least your own space and you can shut the door and, you know, have a little bit of privacy and a little bit of, of just, you know, you can shut things out if you need, if you need to, to get alone in your head. Um, it's not, it's not as big a deal during the winter because there's, there's much fewer people. There's a lot fewer people on the station. So, you, um, you, there's a lot more space during winter, but in summer, it's nice to be able to just go somewhere and shut the door. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you said last plane out, the winter overs, you're down there, you're down there until it's a, for another couple months, right? So if something, if somebody has yep. some sort of emergency, can they get out? Can they not get out? How yeah, does that um, 
They, they can. Logistically, it's difficult. Um, typically, the last plane out is the last plane out until the first plane in about eight and a half months later. Um, and you're there, you're isolated, and you, you hope that nobody's going to go too crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But we did during our winter, we had a medical evacuation in the middle of winter. It was actually right at the, the solstice, so it's right around June 21st, I believe, right in the middle after three months of dark. Um, yeah. And they yep. did bring, a, they brought a plane in. They have these, uh, they're called a twin otter. They're very tough planes. I, I believe all the mechanical stuff is run by wires, no hydraulics, because things tend to freeze up um, in those cold temperatures. I think it was around 75 below when they landed. Um, and then as soon as they land, we put heaters on the plane because they were there for, for a little while so the crew could get a little rest before they turn around and, and, and flew back out. Um, but that's that's unusual. Uh, that was only the third medical evacuation during winter in the history um, of being down there. And the, the pole, there's been um, continuous operations by the, the U.S. government since 1956. So um, oh, yeah. it's, oh, it's yeah. pretty it's pretty unusual. It can happen. Uh, logistically, though, it's it's one of those things that it, it's not going to happen fast. Uh, the planes, mm-hmm. these planes that they use are used during the summer down there, but uh, during the winter down there, they're up here. So right now, these same planes are working in Alaska and Canada and Greenland. Um, and then for the, the summer season in the south, the, down south, they head down South America. So it's one of the things that'll take uh, about a week to get, get them outfitted, ready, get the pilot and co-pilot, get everybody ready, get them down to the tip of South America. Then they make the hop over to the edge of Antarctica, and then it's about a 10-hour flight to pole from there. And so in the winter, trying to get that all, the logistics figured out, and then having good weather, um, we got really lucky with weather windows. And they were able to do it in right about two weeks, uh, which is about as fast as it possibly could happen. So the joke is you can get off the space station much faster than you can get out of pole during winter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, um, there is a doctor, a, phys, uh, a physician's assistant. So we do have okay. we do have medical capabilities. Um, they're they're somewhat limited, but um, so you know, for most things, it's you know they can take care of stuff. But if it's deemed you know just it it's going to be something that needs to get taken care of that we can't do there, then that's when they'll make the decision of trying to do a medical evacuation. So you witnessed, you know, something quite rare three times since 1956. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, right. Right. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And so everybody pitches in, right? You, you, you don't just stand and watch. Everybody helps get the plane de-iced or right. warmed up or. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's kind of how it is down there anyway. Um, over the summer, there's uh, more specific jobs. Um, you, people do flex over and help out anything, but definitely over winter, even if it's not a medical evacuation, everybody's doing everything. So, you know, you're, you're taking your turn washing dishes. You're, you're taking your turn cleaning toilets, mopping the floor. Um, you're shoveling snow. Um, every, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a small community to keep the station up and running. And so everybody does their part. Um, okay, so, so you have that, additional chores. Besides yeah, yeah, being a uh, scientist, you have additional chores. Yes, it's it's listed on the, uh, the job description as other duties as required, and <laughs> it's usually it's usually about the last sentence um, on the job description, uh-huh. and so it yep. looks really it looks like nothing. Else. Oh, and other duties as required, um, yes. but yes, that's that's it can be about thirty percent of your work down there. 
Um, it means a lot more, has a lot more impact on that job description than it does. Because I've seen that on some here that I've applied for, uh-huh. and it's just, you know, like carrying something or, you know, every now and then you got to go drive out and pick something up. It's not, by the way, you're right. going to be doing all these chores and helping this place run 30% of your time. It's a big, big difference. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's part of it. You, you, but, you know, it's, I think it's good for most people. I think it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to be as messy if you know that at some point you have to clean up. And so Absolutely. I think having everybody pitch in, I think kind of helps keep your, dial your head around that it's not somebody else's job. Um, so I, I think it's, it's actually, it's, it's good for, as a reminder to, to kind of have, have everybody be a, uh, what's the phrase? Be a tidy kiwi is the phrase, but yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so did you ever have anyone down there that kind of balked at that and said, I'm not doing that? Or was everybody pretty good? People are pretty good. Um, there's, you know, people are going to have good days and bad days. Hopefully the bad days are, are not as often as your good days. Um, yeah. And there's going to be some people that are better um better adapted at being able you know have have a better more tools in the tool chest put it that way yeah that's yeah. a good corporate term uh-huh. um, to yeah can we talk about synergy and uh and <laughs> you know, anyway. um it's you know but for the most part i think they do a pretty good job in the in the hiring of of explaining these things of of really and especially for winter overs not as much for for summer because like i said there are people's jobs are a little more well defined but for for winter, they they really work hard at at setting expectations so that people aren't uh, hopefully aren't too surprised, and so they they know what they're getting into before they get down there. Um, you know, there's always you know there's no guarantees on any of this, but that's it's they they do a pretty good job, and and uh, and usually uh, it's it's you know what you're getting into, and you realize that you don't want to be too much of a jerk because you you can't get away from these people. You know, it's it's your you're stuck there and you, you're going to have to work it out yourself. Uh, yeah. The joke is, you know, that, that Denver, you know, everything's run out of Denver and pretty much, and, you know, once the last plane's out, Denver doesn't really do a lot. They're kind of let us be able to work it out on our own because there's not a lot they can do. You know, right. It's, it's, it's like yep. a ship. They, they push it out into the water and they go, okay, well, good luck. I hope, uh, hope you're all there when we come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you said that the United States government is, who runs the NSF, but there are also yeah. different countries down there. The United States is not the yeah. only one conducting research. Um, so Correct. did you ever work, did you ever run into them? What is the relationship between those different research teams like? Are there boundaries right. that you have to recognize? Or? Um, there's, just, there's a lot of different stations. Many, many countries have a station down there. Um, the U.S. has three different stations. The, the largest is McMurdo, which we come through on the way to getting to Hull. Um, that's you get at that through New Zealand, and then there's uh, the third uh, besides McMurdo and Cole. There's um, Palmer Station, which is up on the peninsula, and you get at that um, coming down through um, Punta Serena's Chile, coming down through South America. So there, there are three, um, but most I shouldn't say most countries. Many, many, many countries have stations down there. One of the nice things about being in a fairly um, difficult uh, environment is that people do pull together because the, you know, it's kind of like, you know, how everybody on the, on, who's a winter over knows they have to get along. You know, everybody on the continent knows that probably at some point you're going to need some help. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it's, it's a, 
you know, without sounding too hippie kumbaya-ish, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice situation. Um, it's one of the few places I think on earth where pretty much all the countries get along pretty well and play well together. Um, because it's, it is such a, such a difficult environment. So yeah. as far as Poland's concerned, that is, it, 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 like, we don't, we don't own the South Pole, but we own the, the facilities that we built there. Um, and then as far as working there, for the most part, you pretty much have to be a U.S. citizen. However, if you're one of the scientists or the grantees down there, you do not, because that's, you know, science, science kind of trumps everything. And so, uh, we, there's usually a fair number of scientists down there that are from from other countries that are working at the at the South Pole. Um, so you oh. get a little bit there, and then, um, for example, when there was, we had the medical evacuation, the planes came through. Um, it's a British station up on the coast on the peninsula called Rothra, which is a British station. So uh, we had to coordinate with them to get the the, the planes, the the, mm-hmm. the medevac plane to come down. Um, and I think uh, McMurdo is such a huge station. It is the largest station on the continent. Um, a lot of other countries use that for coming, you know, getting in and out or helping with logistics. So there is a lot of cooperation down there. Yeah, it's amazing when human beings are reminded that we do need and are dependent upon each other, how we yes. get along <laughs> and how yes. that goes away when we tend to take things for granted and forget, oh, you know, we actually share this planet with other people. We're, we're all the same in most yep. ways. We should yep. probably try to get along and, rem- and remember that and rely on each other and depend on each other. And, and it's so that's very cool to hear that, you know, it's, it's it not is, too it late for nice. humanity. It happens somewhere, yeah, at yeah. least. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then I come back here and, and then we're reminded that it's not like that everywhere. Yeah. Sorry. Um, sorry for what happened while you were gone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was that was interesting. So I actually, after being down there for a little over a year, it was on uh, my flight from the pole back to McMurdo on my way back home was the election um, uh, of uh-huh. 2016. And so that, that was, um, well, it was a bit of a surprise for everyone, but it was definitely a bit of a surprise for me. I landed in McMurdo, got set, settled into the dorm room, turned on the TV and was like, what? 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 Hmm? How did um, this happen? <laughs> yeah, been my it was, thought. <laughs> it was, it was, and so uh, unfortunately, being down there, I was not able to vote. So I, it might be my fault. I'm not sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think he only won by one vote, Tim. Yeah. Didn't you I'm, hear I'm, that? I'm, I'm, so I'm sorry. This is just this is my mea culpa. I I'm terribly sorry. Um, but uh, at this point, I guess there's nothing else I can do but just go back down. <laughs> well, I thought that you you were not allowed to vote absentee, huh? Well, you can you can um, absentee vote, um, but you need uh, you have to do it through um, the U.S. Postal Service, at least uh, as in Texas. And so, okay. uh, different states might have different things. But the way they do it, and it works for most everybody, um, is you <laughs> request a ballot, and then you mail it in and have it postmarked at the right date, um, and you can absentee vote. Uh, well, if there's no planes in or out, you can't get mail. So that's right. There, yeah. there was no way yeah, for true. me to. To do to do that, so um, oh well, I demand a recount. Fault. Yeah, <laughs> you should have been able to vote, all of you down there. Yes, um, yes, yes. Along those same lines, uh, how how did you handle that? Like just being disconnected from U.S. culture for that long. Um, besides Trump, were there any other things that you're like, what? I didn't know this was a thing. Did anything where you didn't even know it existed, and then you came back, and you're like, whoa, what is this? Or was yeah, Trump um, the biggest that, surprise? 
that was definitely the biggest surprise. Um, we have we have internet down there. It's not. It, it depends on when the satellites are up. So we have internet about eight to ten hours a day. I guess is, is yeah. you okay. know average. Um, so we do. It, it's slow, but it's something. So we do have um, communication. Um, you can you can you can read you know news articles and stuff. And so I I feel like we're pretty we're able to pretty well keep an eye you know keep an idea of what's going on back home. Um, I don't think you have we had quite the um, the amount of you know it's like you know here you know I'm sure every time you're turning on the TV there were political ads and it was it was a 24 mm-hmm. seven kind of thing so we didn't have that um, it was a little you know you get it's it's filtered slightly um, but there there wasn't it wasn't too bad I did a I did a long backpacking trip um, back in. Uh, when was it? 92, 93, where I spent eight months backpacking around the world. And that was a bigger, getting back after that was a bigger uh, culture shock to me. Was that before the internet? It was, it was um, kind of as it was dawning. It depends upon, I mean, the the early adopters are probably getting started, but it was, it was kind of (laughs) right as it was starting. Um, Yeah. But it was, you know, it was, it was definitely before, you know, Facebook and Google and, and, uh, and all these things that, that make it so easy to communicate globally and find out what's going on. Um, for the, so, for the internet as we know it now. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. So it's, it's not so bad. It's, it's, you know, you, you can, you can call, you can make phone calls, you know, using like Google voice. Um, uh, so you can, you know, sometimes it's weird hours, you know, depending on when the satellites are up, but you know, you can, you can keep, you can keep track. Um, you, there's usually a bit of a delay, which is fun. You, it gets to where you don't really want to call people except people that really know how to talk with a two to three second delay, which yeah, does yeah. take some practice. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I called my, yes. I called my dad for his birthday. Um, and, uh, he hung up on me. So that was, that was fun. Um, because I, what do you mean? I, oh, really? I, you know, I heard it. I, I, I heard him say hello. And I was like, Hey dad, happy birthday from the South pole. And I heard, Hello. I don't know. Somebody crank call, hang up. (laughs) That sounds like what my dad would do. Yeah. Yeah. So even before he picked up, I was like talking into the phone. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. It's me. Don't, don't hang up. Don't hang up. So I I get to, I get to hold that over and all the time is that he hung up on me when I called him from the South Pole. That's fabulous. But I will tell you, though, that they were always very excited. We talked to Tim today. They were always very excited. Now, they never mentioned the hang-up call. (laughs) So maybe they didn't want me to know about that. (laughs) Right. They might not still know. They might think it was just a prank call. (laughs) Well, they might know now. Oh, I bring it up as often as I can. Oh, okay. All right. Of course. Now, I can't believe we've gotten this far without asking you how cold was it down there? Um, I, I believe this is one of those things I'm supposed to say. It is so cold that, um, and I don't really have a good thing. Like, but the, the coldest, the coldest I did experience was I think 107, negative 107. Um, now, I there, can't even fathom that. Like that's just it's, so yeah. large a number. I can't even. Nice. I can't even get my head around the, it. The nice thing about when it gets that cold is usually it's very calm, very still, and so. Um, while yeah, it's cold. It's not as bad as say sixty or seventy below with a twenty knot wind. Um, sure, it's the wind is what really will kill you. The wind, the wind is the hardest part. So I'll take a hundred below and no wind over sixty below and a twenty knot wind 
any day. Yeah, so um, you could absolutely yeah. say it's so cold, even the wind went. Nah, man, <laughs> I ain't going out in that. <laughs> yes. Well, there is a, there is a term, um, and it's it, it's not it it can happen in and it's happened to me during in the summer season when it's only say thirty five forty below. Um, I don't know if you are you familiar with the screaming barfies. No. No. Okay, well, that's a, that's a that's a term. Um, usually, for me, it's like my hands. It's happened a couple of times when um, my my hands are always the thing that, that would get the coldest. It's it's the hardest to just keep your fingers, you know, warm, keep the circulation yep. going. But basically, what happens is they get colder and colder, and then they, they start hurting, and then they then they go numb, and then you don't feel them, and then then you're like, okay, I really need to get inside. Um, mm-hmm. And if you wait a little too long, um, when you get inside, it's um, when the feeling starts coming back. Um, it's, 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 it's kind of like, I mean, I'm sure everybody's experienced it when their hands are cold. It's like, they start hurting when they come back, but it's oh, it, or like when it your hand really, falls asleep or something. Yeah. So it's really Sorry. painful. That's the screaming part. Cause you just want to scream because you, you, you know, it's going to go away, but it's just like, it's just, it's just this Ugh. throbbing pain. And then quite often then the body will react. Um, it's, it's a little bit like, you know, going to shock or protecting. So you get a little lightheaded and you get to start getting nauseous. Um, and uh, and it's referred to as the screaming barfies, and so that's that's not a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> no, it does not. Uh, no, it doesn't. Oh, um, gosh. but nothing. KJ, should we no should we try that? Problem. I'm not you trying. Try that. it with. You could probably try it with, um, you know, maybe a bucket of ice or something with your hands. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Next live podcast we do, we'll do that. You can do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can. You go first. Um, okay, Tim. Speaking of cold. Um, yeah. I mentioned in your introduction that one of your, I guess, one of your accomplishments, maybe a rite of passage, passage even, was that yeah. uh, you became a member of the uh, elusive 300 Club. Um, now, I yeah. had no idea what the 300 Club was until you became a member. So I'm guess that, guessing that like others, list, other listeners don't know. I don't know. Jason, do you know what the 300 Club is? Mm, it's not like Pat Robertson, right? No, no, no. So it's ha- half of him. Different. No, Tim, why don't you explain to us Good. what a mem- what it means to be a member of the three hundred club? And so the member. So when when it does get to be one hundred below, um, which is kind of a, I mean, it's kind of a cool number. It's like hundred negative hundred um, outside. Yeah. Uh, what you can do is uh, there is a sauna inside. I haven't really talked a lot about the station. The station is there's a lot of different things. There's a gymnasium. There's a, a weight room. We have a couple of lounges. A mm-hmm. quiet reading room. Um, there's, you know, it's it's kind of nice. Uh, there's, but one of the things is there is a small sauna in there, um, and so you uh, you crank up the sauna and you go in there and and the sauna can get up to 200 degrees, and Jeez. so you you are in the sauna and you're and you're wearing tennis shoes. Um, well, <laughs> you have tennis shoes ready to go outside, um, and, and that's then all. You, you, and you, Just sit in, you sit in there at, at 200 <laughs> degrees um, until you can't stand it any longer. And then you, you head outside and you wander out to the, to the pole marker and back. Um, and so your body experiences a difference of 300 degrees. And so that's, that's the 300 <laughs> uh, So um, how far is it from the pole mark? From the, so how long are you outside? How far? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. No. Yeah. um and it's 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 brisk but it's not as bad as long as the wind's not like coming back to the wind as long as the wind's not blowing 
it's not it's not so bad it's not so bad it's uh <laughs> um it, you know when, your you, when you're coming back in you're ready you're ready to get in um um so, but as i, I understand mean, I, well, it as i understand it you don't have any protective gear on protective you, you, coats or you anything got, you got tennis just shoes. tennis shoes, shoes. yeah uh-huh. Yeah. So a couple of things that you do have to think about is, is um, if you do Google it, I think there's a Wikipedia page for it. Um, they talk about, I think in there somewhere I've read, you know, they talk about running out to the pole marker and back. This, the first thing is you do not run. Um, <laughs> okay. the, you, you, you can froth and nip your lungs if you take deep breaths too fast. Um, uh-huh. And yep. so the idea is that you, you want to walk at a, a, a leisurely pace. Um, you don't want to run. You don't want to overexert yourself. Um, so that's that's the first thing to think about. Um, the second thing about running is it's dark out there. You have to keep in mind there's no sun, um, mm-hmm. and it's not a, a nice groomed path. So there's it's called sastrugi, which is you know it's like little snowdrifts. It's the 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 wind creates these these undulations, and so mm-hmm. if you trip um, and fall there's a lot of exposed flesh that could kind of freeze down onto the hard uh, uh, yeah. packed snow. Like the tongue um, on the and, pole. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll just leave that to your imagination. The tongue on the pole is very good. <laughs> yeah, um, no. um, okay. Yeah. And it wouldn't, it would not be good. Um, no, it wouldn't so, be good. Yeah. Frostbite frost on, on large parts of your body. Um, so <laughs> those are the two things to think about. But other than that, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty easy. I, I I had a, a towel to get from the um, from the sauna to the door, just so that I, you know I wasn't shocking anybody that happened to be wandering down the hall at that time. Um, one thing to remember, yeah, I didn't think about this, but when you come back in and you grab your towel, it, it's it's outside. It's got to get between two doors. Um, the towel was frozen in a solid line, so that it wasn't too effective anymore. Um, uh, no, not at all. Back. Like cardboard. So, um, both for both for comfort or for a visual barrier. Um, there you go. <laughs> but yes. Oh yes, my gosh! Uh, thank you. I, yes, I am a, a proud a proud member of of the three hundred club. Nice. So Jason, I'm not trying that on the next pod. I was gonna say no. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think you're doing that. Pod, no. Um, so there are how many members do you know? Are there a lot a lot of members? Do you know? Is there an active count, or yes. is it sort of a no? Oh, no, there's. There's there's no there's no active count. Uh, most most winter overs will, will will usually will usually do it. Um, uh, I I don't feel a need to do it again. Um, yeah. I think one. <laughs> me. There are there are some that do it quite often that really enjoy being. I didn't actually use the sauna that much, but there are some that really enjoy you know hanging out in the sauna and getting it really hot and sweaty and then going out and feeling the cold and um, uh, it, it was it was good to experience once for me, but that was enough. But I'd say. Definitely, the majority of winter overs will do it, given the opportunity, and it, it usually will hit 100 below every winter at some point. So, nice. It's one of those things where I mean, how many times in your life are you going to have an opportunity to really do that? For most, exactly. most people, would never even have the chance. Right. Right. When right. in Rome, right. or yeah. when it when at pole. Didn't work, did it? When I no. said it, no. No, it did not. <laughs> no, no. You're you're getting there. You're getting there. I think you'll be ready as soon as you spend a little time down there. You'll have it. Yeah. yeah, see, there you uh-huh. go. Yep. You ready to go? There's a plane leaving soon. N- n- no, um, I guess even if I wanted to go, Tim, talk about how much pre-work you had to do to even be cleared to go. Um, um, yeah, well, yeah it's, it's, 
it takes a long time to get it's tough to get down there and stuff to pe get people down there and get people back so they want to make sure when you're there that you're in you're in as good a shape as possible so they they run you through a battery of tests there's um they they you have to go to the dentist and they look at your teeth and you get um a general physical exam and then there's a i think i had to go through a stress test and then i uh i can't uh, i can't remember all the x-rays and stuff so they, they they really want to work work hard at making sure that once you're down there if you know there's no guarantees but that that they don't have to they don't have to turn around and, and ship you back um and then for winter overs now this is brand new this year this has been waived so no more but there used to be and i had to go through a psychological evaluation and mm -hmm. that was yes an attempt to, to weed out the um weed out the the psychopath um, yeah. But it's 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 not a very good test. I think no, I'm, I'm not you know I'm not medically qualified. I suppose to say that, but it, it's uh, I think several hundred uh, multiple choice and true false questions followed by about five minutes of sitting down with a psychiatrist who asks you a bunch of um, questions that go start not great. You know, have you ever you know, you yes. know do you? Do you, do you do you often think about starting fires? You know stuff like that. And then <laughs> it's I've, getting, I've been through several worse, of these. Yes. <laughs> yeah, getting worse from there. You know, say worse. And so you, you start off, you're like, no, no, uh, oh no, 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 really, no. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, so it's it's, but you know, as long as you keep saying no to everything, I think you're you're good. Um, to give you an idea of the multiple choice and the true false questions, I think the fourth true false question it was right out of the gate was my my soul is controlled by a demon true false <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I, I yep. think i guess i i, I wow. false on that one and i guess that was correct um uh, I said, I <laughs> good job true true for law enforcement is good um and i said wow false false for dirt frightens me dirt Whoa. frightens me Yes, yes. Yeah. And so um, those, so if anybody's interested in going down, uh, apparently we don't, we're not doing psychological evaluation again, but if you ever, ever have to say do that, I think that's three out of, you know, four or five hundred yeah. questions that I've, given, I've given you the given answer the, to. Give them the head start. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like to me, I've taken several of those in my life and I've had to do just various different things I've done in my career and past and stuff and just for with school stuff. Um, I've taken three or four of those and uh -huh. Every one of them I've taken is like that, and it makes me think. And this is this is what I've long said, and I agree with you on the. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a medical professional, but you know, this is my yeah. opinion of this. If you're a true psychopath, it's easy for you to see through this stuff. And yes. <laughs> if you're a sociopath, it's easy for you to fool the test. I mean, it's you see yeah. right through it. So it's kind of like, what are right. we doing here? Yeah, yeah it, it, I guess it's gonna it's gonna if someone's disturbed but they're not trying to trick anything, it will it will get that person. But is that yeah. person really gonna want to do these things? I I, I don't know. So um, with the real I'm clever people who are trying to hide it, you're you're not gonna catch them with that. Right? No, yeah, it's not, not at all. Hard. Yeah, it's not gonna be hard. So what they're doing now is they're spending a little more time on uh, group evaluations, which I think is a good thing, where they'll they'll yeah, oh, put yeah. people together and mm -hmm. see how they interact together, run them Absolutely. through you know team building things, you know, see who doesn't put their arms out during the trust fall stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, now one maybe obvious question. I don't know why why is work in Antarctica or the South Pole 
so important. Thank you. Thank you. To our why is it so important to our understanding of climate change? What what do we learn down there that we can't be learned can't be learned, you know, somewhere else? Right. Um well, part of it is climate change. That is that is part, but it's uh, that's a very small part, I'd say, um, okay. of the overall science that's that's happening down there. Um, along the coast of Palmer Station and McMurdo, do um, some atmospheric stuff, but also do some biological stuff because they're on on the coast, so they 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 get to look at and play with animals. Um, <laughs> at, at Pole, there are no animals. There's no there's no not much of anything there but cold, dry air. So what that advantage is for a lot of the science that's there. Um, they look at uh, atmospheric. There's a lot of atmospheric science stuff happening. So things fall under the umbrella of space weather. Um, and just real quickly, because it sounds dry and it is a little dry, but uh, you have a lot of particles, uh, a lot of stuff comes off the sun. The sun is spinning, and it was described as like a, a bicycle tire going through a mud puddle, which slinging mud off. And so there's all mm-hmm. this, all these particles, and if there, there's a, a big sunspot, you know, m- more stuff gets thrown our direction, um, and then it, it comes, it, it hits the Earth's atmosphere, and, and we have this this nice uh, uh, magnetized planet. So we have a north and a south pole, and stuff gets drawn into the poles. Um, and so at the north or the south pole is a good place to look at the interaction of solar particles with the magnetosphere. Um, And that is really helpful for things like um, hardening satellites to protect them against the stuff, Um, Mm -hmm. hardening our communication systems, our uh, power grids, which can be affected. Um, So stuff like that. So that's, that's an interesting thing that is, it's it's really good to study it there. Um, A couple of other things they look at, there's a couple of um, cosmic microwave background telescopes that are looking at uh, light in the microwave spectrum, which is uh, Mm -hmm. some of the oldest light. So if you, you know, like the light takes a long, if you're looking at a star that's a long ways away, the light that we're seeing from that star actually happened a long time ago. So it it takes a while for that light to get here. And so in a sense, it's like looking back, it's like looking back in time. Um, And so if you're looking at the microwave spectrum, you're looking even farther back in time. So they're using these to look trying to look as far back in and look at like the beginning of, 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 of everything, like looking, trying to look back towards the big bang. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that can happen there much better than other places because it's a very dry, um, it's a very dry kind. It's, it's, I think considered an Arctic desert or something, you know, cause it's so it's, it's, it's cold and it's dry. Um, and there's not a lot of um, uh, ice or water particle particles in between. So that's a really good location for that. Um, another thing is uh, they're looking at uh, neutrinos, which is a subatomic particle. Um, and there's a neutrino detector buried in the ice there. It's like over 5,000 little detectors that are buried in a one kilometer cube uh, space. And they're looking for neutrinos that are coming from outer space. And I won't go uh-huh. any further into that. Although there's going to be um, a huge announcement. They discovered something. And it, Ooh. it happened five five minutes ago. So as soon as this is done, I'm going to get on find out. Uh, they supposedly had to have a big announcement. So maybe maybe South Pole just discovered something. So nice. uh, it might be that they they wrangled a neutrino. Um, so um, breaking news. Not, yes, yes. Apparently, I thought that they were small um, Arctic furry animals that burrowed in the ice. But apparently, a neutrino is not that, and it's okay. an atomic particle that is yes. very rare. Yes. Um, oh, definitely. So there's, there's, there's that. But 
Um, but I'm not a particle physicist. I'm not an astrophysicist. So I'm, these are just real layman's terms of, of stuff. Uh, but well, Jason um, is. Well, Jason, are you a are you a you're a quantum physicist? No, not I'm a nuclear nuclear engineer. But I studied quantum physics and everything in college. As okay. Part of that. Oh, okay. So you know about so, yes. those little neutrinos? Uh, yes, absolutely. This is this is this makes me wish you know before I was married and had kids that I would have even thought about this as a as a as a way a thing to do because it, I'm <laughs> what I'm saying is I, I I think it's incredible and amazing experience and I wish I could have been there with you. It sounds really cool. Yeah, well, well they're, you know they they always are, they're looking for winter over. So you know if the wife and kids drive you crazy or if they, <laughs> they are get a little tired of you and say hey why don't you go away for a little while um, <laughs> something to think about. I and, Absolutely. And, and I happen to know for a fact that there are significant others that do, you know, deal with the fact that people are gone to Antarctica for long periods of time. It is um, challenging with a relationship. <laughs> yes, yes. To yes. say, See, I'll be back in a year. Yeah, that's yeah. like the ultimate long distance relationship. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, now, so are anyway, you still yeah, doing work for out. them? You might, are you still doing yeah. work for them, even though, are you going back, or you, you've been how many yeah. times now, twice? Um, so I, I, I went back uh, last summer season, so I was there um, uh, from November through mid-February, um, mm-hmm. and then, I, then they offered me, so I'm doing uh, a work, which is great, I can work remotely, so I can work from my house, but I'm helping plan the next summer season. And then oh, I will okay. go back down for half of the summer season. Um, I'm splitting it with another guy, which makes it a We were both talking about it last summer, saying, yeah, we really love it down here, but kind of tough on relationships. Even, you know, three and a half, four months, like yeah, better than a year. So still a long mm-hmm. time to be away. Still a long time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of chatting, saying, hey, I wonder if we could propose the two of us splitting a job. And they took us up on it. So I will be going back cool. down for the first half. Very and cool. Down their second half. So I'll be down uh, November and December for my third time down, and then he will show up towards the end of December and stay there through mid-February. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's great. I, I can still be a part of it, but um, still keep my relationship. Yes. <laughs> awesome, man. That's very cool. So speaking of animals, I, I have to ask. I know you said there's no animals at Pole, but once in a while I think yep. you ventured out. Did you see any penguins? Um, not at pole. Um, penguins do not get that far. Supposedly there was a skua, which is a scavenger bird. It's like a big seagull that someone mm. saw my first summer down there that probably got lost and blown off course. Um, but no, there are no animals. However, in uh, McMurdo, which I go in and out of uh, to get to get to pole and back from pole, um, I was able to see penguins this last time. So that was exciting. Um, saw Very a couple cool. of seals out on the ice. Um, but yeah, the penguins were really neat see a, a couple of uh, Adelie penguins. Neat. Uh, this was one of my major questions when you first went down there. Um, mm-hmm. how, how in the world do you get exercise? Do you eat? Um, how, do you, how do you, I guess, live every day down there without going bonkers? We talked a little bit about this, but what do you yeah, do to pass it, the it, time? Did you pick up any hobbies or skills right. while you were there? It's good, it's good if you like a uh, routine. Um, okay. Because if nice. you want to, if you want something new in your life every day, that's not a good place to be. Um, <laughs> but if you're good at routine, kind of getting up and doing the same thing day in and day out, or you know, at least once a week, um, then then it's it's pretty good. So we you you, you fall into your routine. Um, 
as far as exercise, there is a there's a gymnasium and then there's a, a small workout room. So I, I ran a lot on the treadmill, which I, I'm a runner and I love running. I hate running on the treadmill, but mm-hmm. it's better than nothing. So I ran a lot on the treadmill. Um, eating wise, it's not the healthiest place to be um, because there's not a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. So over summer, oh, okay. when the planes are coming in and out, you you can get some some fresh. They call freshies. You know, freshies will, will show up. Um, mm-hmm. But over winter, there's not. There's a small greenhouse. We had enough um, to have like a salad, you know, three times a week, which isn't bad. That's something. But you know, you you don't get you don't get what I would consider a very a really healthy diet. They do a great job with what they have, but everything is frozen. You know, it doesn't cost anything to have food frozen. Um, you just keep it in the in the tunnels, and and it's frozen right. down there. You know, <laughs> yeah. Make yes. it, negative 50 year round. So um, everything is, is frozen or canned and the canned stuff is frozen in the can. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's one of those, those places where, you know, the joke is it, you, you bring the ice cream up and put it in the freezer to thaw it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It. Nice. Well, at least you had um, ice cream though. That's, that's good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so actually we eat a lot of ice cream down there, which is people. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, but, um, then as far as not going crazy, there's, there's always stuff to do, though. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the community um, comes together and people plan events. And so there's, um, you know, somebody will, like, I think once a week, you know, be playing volleyball. And, you know, it, it, you get used to, you know, again, routines. But, you know, so, you know, every um, Monday, you know, there would be, uh, what is it? No, I think on, on Tuesdays we would have uh, um, the lectures from anybody that wanted to talk about, you know, where they travel. It's called Travelogue. Tuesdays, you know, and then Mm, then we'd have, you know, documentaries on, you know, I think Wednesday nights or something, or, and then, you know, somebody did, you know, did sci-fi movies on Saturday night and, you know, like I said, volleyball Mm -hmm. or badminton or, um, um, board game night. Uh, we had a big pool tournament while we were down there. Um, um, so there's, there's, there's always, it seems like there's always something going on if you're, if you want to. So you can always go back to your room and read, you know, if you, like I said, you're going to be alone, whatever, but if there's, if there's something you want to do, um, there's, there's always something happening. If anybody has a special interest, they'll teach a class. So there was a, there was a particle physics class that went for several months. Uh, there was an astronomy nice. class that went for several months. Um, I, I learned the basics of welding. I took a welding class when I was down there. Um, i I picked up uh, knitting. I, I knit a couple of hats and a yes, scarf. Yes, you did. So very nice. Very um, nice hats. And, and uh, I also learned learned to play guitar. So I picked up. There was yes. a music room down there with lots of instruments. So I, I learned to play guitar. So you've got time That's on your cool. hands. You can do stuff. Well, and didn't you play with a band once in a while down there? You guys did some concerts. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So groups groups will form uh, over summer. There's usually several groups. You know, there are several bands get formed. Um, and then in winter we would do um, just open mic thing, and anybody that was interested in playing or singing, um, we do it. We did that several times, several times over the winter. Um, That's very. Cool. It's you know, uh, the the talent is questionable. I'm speaking to myself about myself mostly. Um, but <laughs> but you know, there's there's not like another place people can go. They're not going to say, well, I'm going to go to this other place and listen to better music because <laughs> yeah. there's, there's not really any other option. It's so, a captive it's a audience. Captive audience. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, that's what I meant earlier when I said we were reading your blog and thinking, wow, he does a whole lot more than I do. I'm just sitting here at my house and look at what he's doing. Yeah. All the different activities. It's easier to because everything else, it's interesting because you're like all the rest of the world, the rest of everything just kind of 
fades away and there's, you've got your job mm-hmm. and then you're not job, but then there's not, when you're not doing your job, there are limited things to do. So you tend to, you know, you can't just, you know, go out and take a walk or drive to another town or, you know, things like that. So right. those other opportunities disappear and it does kind of make you do other, I, I, I think if you look at the blog, there's, I kept track of all the movies I watched. I did also watch a lot of movies down there. Yes. We, we actually talked about that once on this podcast, that uh, your list of movies, I don't think we went over them, but for some reason that came up and I just couldn't believe the number of movies you'd watch. <laughs> Well, it was also possibly came up the fact that I documented all the movies that I watched and curious about my state of mind, why that was important. Yes, that's true. And you documented them in a, what kind of order? Well, they were, they were alphabetical, but they also had the date at which, when I watched them, I'm, yes. I'm not sure why that was important at the time, but I felt like I should, I should put that down so that, you know, if I, but did I see this? And then I could look and go, oh, yes. I yes, I did see ago. this. Yeah, nice. I understand <laughs> I understand that, the loss of memory on whether or not you've seen something or whether or not you've read something. Oh, yes. I here. definitely right. understand that. But, you know, you, as an engineer, you, um, you know, we joke about this in the family. You like everything in order. So when I said you have perfectly symmetrical baked goods, I meant that. Those, <laughs> those um, nice. fruit tarts that you make are just beautifully all in a pattern. Nice. Just like a kaleidoscope. And they taste excellent. Um, so, um, Thank you. yes. I just had one thing to ask about the entertainment thing. Did you play like video yeah. games much while you were there? Yeah, there are, there are, um, they, they, a couple people brought down their own and then there mm-hmm. are some in the, in the lounges. Um, that was, that was a new thing for me. I, I hadn't played a video game for many, many, many years. So, you know, the days of, well, not quite Pong, but, um, yeah. <laughs> a very simple, very simple joysticks um, were gone, and now there are these things that you hang on to with all these buttons and and, yeah. and little, little things. And so I had to learn learn how to to do that. And that was that was another thing that yeah, I can add to my resume. So I, I, I did get a a a basic understanding of modern day um, uh, video games. Nice. Uh, the cool, it's cool. The reason I ask is that um, I listened to a podcast from a video game website where they had someone write in an email that say, "Hey, if you guys have any video games that you're not," and it was somebody at the South Pole working at a science research really? station that yeah. said, "Hey, if you have any video games, you know that you'd be willing to donate, or your listeners would be able to donate." And this is a podcast that gets you know thousands and thousands of listeners, and so they sent all to this one podcast, this video game website, and they boxed up this giant like box of video games and shipped it there. And I was just, what well, just, I just thought that was kind of cool. That's that, very cool. There are, there yeah. are a lot of video <laughs> games uh, that are in one of the, in one of the lounges. Um, we also have cool. a, a huge selection of, of DVDs for um, TV shows and DVDs of movies. Um, we have mm-hmm. VHS tapes for movies. And we even have Betamax oh. tapes. From I was going to say Betamax. Oh, wow, Betamax. Worst Betamax player, yes. Do you have eight tracks? No, no, unfortunately no eight tracks. Okay. Cassette tapes? No, no, I don't, I don't think I saw any cassette tapes either. Okay. How about vinyl? Vinyl's back, you know. Yeah, <laughs> No, 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 no vinyl either. It, it, oh, okay. Um, we, we, but that doesn't matter because it's all live music. You guys just play when you want to hear music. Right. <laughs> well, it's also um, anymore. Everything is digital, so I think people have they bring down a hard drive with probably more movies than 
there are even DVDs. So that's going to be yeah. a thing of the past, probably. I'm, I'm guessing is that'll slowly they'll clear up that space for something else. But for now, it's still there. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, we were talking about, you know, yummy baked goods. And for some reason, yeah. I'm not sure why or how, but somehow this podcast has become more of a food podcast than we ever thought. Um, or intended. Or intended. And and the leader... Or sometimes want. <laughs> yeah. Or the leader in the clubhouse, by far, though, is about Oreos. All things Oreos. Lately, it's been all about these flavor combination Oreos. But but let me just ask right. you this first. What is your stance on just the regular Oreo? Are you pro-Oreo, anti-Oreo, you know, indifferent? Pro. Definitely pro-Oreo. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fine snack. Yes. Uh, and yes. there are Oreos down at South Pole. Oh, good. Are they frozen? Oh. We can definitely go there now. At yeah. some point, they, they were frozen, yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, what about the double stuff? Okay, good. Double stuff versus regular or mega um, stuff. Yeah, that's, 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 it's just, that's, to me, that's just a little silly. Uh, they, they've got such a good thing going, and it, the, the ratio of cookie to filling, I think they got right the first time. And so okay. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the double stuff. Okay. You well, can come on our podcast anytime you want. <laughs> um, you want to be the third co-host? That's cool with me. <laughs> we are, we are a hundred percent. You literally said stuff that exact words that have came out of my mouth about Oreos on this podcast. Yeah. And I'm a fan of double stuff. I think the double stuff ratio is better than the original, <laughs> but I still like the original. Well, you like you must like the stuffing, and to me, the stuffing's okay. But it's on its own. It's not. I'm not the kind that opens it up and yes. scrapes the stuffing off because the stuffing on oh. its own is a little is a little off. But if you mm. put it together between two cookies, now you got something. It's the perfect ratio. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, See, it's, like, yeah. it's like when they do the the double or the triple hamburger. The bun to meat ratio is off, and it's, yes. it's no good. I agree yes. with that. I do agree with that. But uh, I'm the I'm the twist the cookie and eat the cream in between, and and then I could take or leave the cookies. So okay, actually, so it'd be really good. I'm a happy person. Yeah. <laughs> well, you I could give you stuffing. my cookies. I could. You and I, the uh, three of us, oh, could sit around. Oh. You want the leftover cookie of mine, don't you, Tim? Not after no, you lick no. the stuff out of the middle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, there was a practical joke um, during my winter uh, uh, using Oreo cookies. Um, oh, someone no. took, um, did exactly what you're talking about. I don't think they licked them, but I think they scraped the filling off <laughs> and then uh, filled them with toothpaste and uh, oh, put them back together oh. and left a, left a tray, left a plate of Oreo cookies out in the lounge. Um, and uh, somebody ate not one, but two of them before they finally stopped him and said, you might want to <laughs> slow down. Oh. Gosh, that's disgusting. So that person does not. To, that person does not say, open that gets it. Us to the, the flavor. No, that person doesn't open it, but it gets us yeah. to the flavor side of things because that would be yes. definitely a, a mint, a mint flavored um, toothpaste. Oreo. Yes, it does. And actually, the mint is the only flavor that I um, recommend. I like mint Oreos. Otherwise, mm -hmm. no. See, not I can't do it because uh, <laughs> not, not watermelon. <laughs> No, not watermelon, not no. strawberry shortcake, not cherry cola, none of these, none of these things. Definitely not to be, cherry to cola. Be, uh, 
Yeah, to be honest, I've never tried a flavored one. I, I have no desire to, but I mean, who knows? Maybe I try it and say that's the best thing ever. I, I just don't really have a desire to try a flavored Oreo. I think you're in a good place. Yeah, I think this. you are too. Yeah, I think keep you going are that too. direction. You're in a good place because it's they're You know, it's like garbage. they have something good. If you want an Oreo, you want an Oreo. If you don't want an Oreo, don't try to create something for everybody that's between two cookies. It's like if you don't want an Oreo, maybe you want a Twizzler. I don't know. But yeah. if if you want an Oreo, go for an Oreo and don't try to put a Twizzler between two cookies. Oh, well, Have I mentioned you know that what? I think me and you would get along? <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe you, we'll you winter know. together down at Paul. You can, you can work for yeah. Ice Cube looking for neutrinos and uh, this will be great. <laughs> we can do the podcast from Paul. There we go. Yes. You, you actually cast. could. Uh, you, got, you know, you okay. have the, the satellite eight hours a day. That could be done. <laughs> Yeah, we could we could fit it in with that eight hours, I'm sure. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So, Tim, is there anything else that you wanted to say, or any stories you want to tell us before we let you go? Or are um, we? No, I, I'm. You know, it's one of those things where I, I'm sure I'm going to think of a thousand other things that would have made me sound a lot more clever and interesting. Um, but um, but no, I think you hit a lot of the, the high points. It's um, um, not to try to sound too cheesy, but I, I do consider it a privilege to be down there. Um, it's an amazing place. Um, and I, uh, consider myself very fortunate to have the, the opportunity to, to have gone once and now go a couple of other times. So, so if anybody wants to read more about it, should they look at your blog or should they? Uh, sure. you know? Absolutely. If they're, if they're interested, look at the blog. Um, the NSF has an official, um, web presence uh, uh, called the Antarctic Sun, which uh, talks a lot about the different science that happens down there, and they talk about what's happening at the different stations monthly. Uh, that's another place to look. Um, cool. Cool. Uh, so yeah, there's 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 information out there if you and and definitely go go check and find out what uh, the Ice Cube Project found out about neutrinos. So hopefully uh, there's some yes. great uh, great announcement just happened uh, a few minutes ago. Awesome. All right. Yeah, this is, it sounds super interesting, and I've really enjoyed hear, hearing you talk about your experience down there. It's been it's been great, man. All right, Tim. Thanks for joining us, and um, we got to set up a time to see each other again this summer. Now that you're back in the All states. All right, sounds good. Thanks so much for having me, and let me blather on about a subject I love to talk about. Absolutely, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, it's great, man. All right. All take right. care, guys. You too. Bye bye. Right. Bye. Hey, everybody. We'd like to give a big thanks again to Tim for joining us today and taking the time to talk with us. And a big thanks to you for taking your time to listen to us. Because without the listening, does the talking even matter? I would say yes. Yes, it does. Because as I'm talking, I can hear myself. And as you are talking, you are most of the time can hear yourself, you know, unless you're at a, like a loud sporting event or standing next to a jet engine I don't know why that's always the reference but you know the jet engine is always the this is really loud I mean I know it's really loud and that's probably the point but that's kind of aren't there other things that are really loud besides just jet engines anyway thanks for listening and if you'd like to send feedback to us so that we could listen to you it's at speak tangents on twitter or speaking of tangents podcast at gmail.com via email So do we have any feedback for this week? 
Well, or previous yes. weeks. Yes, we have a wide array actually of feedback. We have Twitter. Uh, we have the network. A smorgasbord. That shall of feedback. not be named. Yes, a smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. Mm-hmm. Smorgasbord. We, we have email and we have some iTunes reviews. Oh, we really do have the full uh, appetizer. Absolutely. Like plate, yes, we do. And plethora, so for old times. Plenty. Yep. Are we done? <laughs> for old times' sake, let's start with a tweet from Louis Nosey at the Louis Nosey. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give us a summation like, you know, Nosey in 140, but he says, thanks to speaking of tangents with Jason and KJ for getting me through my long move drive. I stockpiled a bunch of episodes and it worked perfectly. It's only about a well, one minute stroll to my new view. And he included nice. a picture of, looks to me like some sort of ocean view or some body of water looked very pretty yeah i would think a lake maybe yeah it's uh he uh i know he he told me when i talked to him at jingle fest that he was moving he was he's got a great new job like promotion yeah doing and great much, and yeah that's, yeah that's kind of kept him busy for the past few months and now he's moving and now yes. he's starting to get settled in so that's great and no great longer he has to get on that train and do that commute it's really great yeah. it sounds like it's really great for him yeah very happy and i'm glad him. we were able to help you get through that drive lewis uh, okay, th- this next one is about our live episode from Chatter with, you know, Mark Stern. Mm-hmm. So this is from a couple weeks ago. It's from Robin Eva, who I believe was at our live taping. I session. believe so. So which makes this even funnier to me. So it's at Robin Eva. The first thing she said is, listen to the live pod, which is funny since she was there, but they could not hear anything. The Most yeah, people that were there. It was hard for us to hear. It, it was, was hard loud. for us to hear, yeah. Mm-hmm. She said, can confirm being puked on is better than shoes off on the plane. Been yes. Puked, she says, been puked on three times. Um, infant twins traveling alone with a single mom, little kid traveling alone, and a pregnant lady traveling for the first time. And all of that is greater than an old fat guy with shoes and socks off for four hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this led to a huge Twitter thread about puking versus team puke versus team feet and um i'm i'm sorry for that i'm sorry for that too Uh, it's for (laughs) me it's it's team feet i mean i i can deal with feet better than puke i i can't think of any circumstance right off the top of my head that would make me say i'm on team feet so okay all right these next couple of tweets are related to the quiz we took last week not the chatter quiz but the the baseball themed quiz quiz nine Quiz nine, yeah, yes. The first two are about the um, movie soundtrack songs about Madonna. At Cool Aunt Claire, about Madonna songs. On Speaking to Tangents, Jason referred to her song Crazy For You as her only, I'm sorry, her other song that was written for a movie soundtrack, other than mm-hmm. This Used To Be My Playground. I thought you were going to say the other one was Live To Tell from At Close Range. And But, you know, in your defense, I think you did say this is the other song that was written for a movie soundtrack that I know of. But also, you, Live to Tell was not written for a movie soundtrack. It was written for what? True Blue. Uh, True Blue. And Actually, it technically, it? technically it was. It was not written by Madonna for a movie soundtrack. It was written no. for another movie that it wasn't used for, the instrumental version of that. Uh-huh. And then Madonna put lyrics to it and put it on True Blue and ended up giving it to... Her, I think, boyfriend at the time, maybe husband, Sean, Sean Penn, Penn's yes. movie. I'm pretty sure that's um, where they met each other. At close range, yeah. yeah. So that is, so what I'm saying is I'm still right, and <laughs> okay. she's also right. Claire is also right. All right. Yeah. Um, There's multi-levels of right in there. And then James Cunningham at James IV 1978 says, I'm sorry. 
I have to disagree with Jason's assertion that Madonna's best soundtrack song is Crazy For You. It's clearly Don't Cry For Me Argentina, Evita, 1996, followed by Die Another Day. Even though that movie was trash, that song is great. Neither one of those songs written by Madonna is my general right. impression of that. Right. Certainly not Don't Cry For Me Argentina. No, that was not, was not written, written but by Madonna. It, so th- is that how you, is that what you're going to, that's what, that's how you qualify it, that it has to be written by Yeah, when by you say Madonna? it's a Madonna song, it was yeah. written by Madonna. Well, At least how in many some songs fashion. has Madonna actually written, though? Has she, did she write her own songs? I don't know if she I did. I think she did. I think she I did. should know. I wrote a paper on her. I think, well, yeah, you're the one that did the, you know, dissertation. Yeah, but I don't, think I, discussed, I don't think I discussed, actually, the song. Doctorate of song. Madonnaology. Yes. But my, my initial response to James here was, don't apologize for disagreeing with Jason. <laughs> no, of course, certainly not. Disagree yeah. with me and be wrong all you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um... Now on to just a few other of the baseball stuff from the quiz. So Luke Overby, the stat young man at uh, young Luke Overby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, Shoeless Joe, the book that led to Field of Dreams, was written by W.P. Kinsella. The protagonist was Ray Kinsella, named after mm-hmm. a J.D. Salinger character. Mm. J.D. Salinger is the author character in the book. Salinger apparently considered suing W.P. Kinsella. Ah. Um, and I read that book, Shoeless Joe. Now that I remember I it, because there was a character in there named J.D. Salinger, so it was based on a true character. It was sort of a ghost-like book, because it was, because it was written, there were, there were fake characters and real characters, but I didn't know. What's a know, ghost-like book? Well, the ghost thing, the field of dreams, the ghosts, the ghosts coming out of the field. Oh, it had ghosts in it. Yes, yes, it's not a okay, ghost. Okay, I, I was, I was kind of confused between is this about ghosts or is it have <laughs> no. ghosts or is it ghost written? Because it's three different things. So that's interesting that J.D. Salinger considered suing W.P. Kinsella. Leave it to Young Statman. Yeah, um, I, I, although I'm still waiting for what stats came out of that. Yeah, there weren't any stats, were there? Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Now I'm living up to your name, Young Statman. <laughs> I, I will say this though. <laughs> We have actually referenced Shoeless Joe in some of the songs that he and I and Rob are writing. We've written an elaborate backstory with probably 25 characters to inform oh one of the songs. Oh, my gosh. And they are all, one of, I would just say one of them, they're all baseball nicknames, a lot of them, or musician nicknames, these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have one that's kind of inspired by Shoeless Joe that I will leave it up to, you know, it's finished if that name actually gets into the song or into the one of the many novellas that will probably be written to explain the backstory of this nonsense. I, I can't okay. believe we, we, we literally spent a week on coming up with a story that the song will be written about. Yeah, that's that's going above and beyond. <laughs> when I and when or if I ever get this whole album written. Um, mm-hmm. there's not going to be any extra writing of characters and novellas <laughs> and stuff like that. I can guarantee that. Oh, we, we got, uh, we're going to have baseball cards and, um, you know, drawings and, you know, graphics. Who knows? Who knows what's going to come out of this nonsense? And, and you know that I've already offered to, you know, do a spoken word interlude, you know, with my Jessica Biel-like voice. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to offend Rochelle. Yeah. She's well, already I'm not worried on. about She's already, Rochelle. Well, I mean, you're not the one that has to, you know, put up with her on a regular basis. That's right. All right. 
on the same. I mean, topic, work with her. Not put. I mean, not, I would never say put up with her. I mean, work, work with, with her. her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on that same topic, we'll switch to an email from Robert Colpine, aka Swagmaster. I mean, master, <laughs> not Swagmaster. <laughs> Swagmaster. You could say Swagmeister. Swagmeister. Uh, yeah. And he also sent us the same note uh, on the network that we don't name or the social media that we don't name. Uh, it says a longer note, so... I'm not know, familiar with this Settle in. Network. He yeah. says, Hi, Jason and KJ. Just want you to know that this week's quiz has me pulled over on the side of the interstate with my flashers on, responding. <laughs> I love that. He's, he's pulled <laughs> over to respond immediately. I have not... Oh, I have not gotten to the answer section yet, but I have a couple of things to share. So this is before Uh-oh. he even heard the answers. Yeah, um, cool. First, Billy Chapel was the character played by Kevin Costner in For Love of the Game as an aging pitcher in the twilight of his career in what is likely yep. his final game ever. Yes, and mm-hmm. we, um, I figured that out as soon as I got the answers, and I felt really dumb because this was a movie <laughs> that I actually loved. Um, so he, I love that you just said, well, I mean, I figured that out as soon as, as we got, we the, got answer. to the answers. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then Robert says the entire movie is this game and him flashing back through his career and his on and off, on again, off again relationship with his girlfriend. He pitches hmm. a perfect game and I am crying just writing this recap. And I will agree with Robert here. I bawled during that movie, no matter how many times I've seen it. Never seen it. And he says, well, you wouldn't like it. I don't think. And then he says Ray Kinsella was the character he played in Field of Dreams where he ended up having a catch with his dad, John Kinsella, at the end. And then he says you pretty much nailed Crash Davis and Bull Durham. Cool. Now he says on to Casey at the bat by Lord Alfred Tennyson. Now here is where I would say that Robert is wrong or Bob Walsh is wrong. Because I Mm -hmm. believe that Bob Walsh said the author was somebody, somebody Thayer. I'm going to the Google. You so, um, yeah, so Robert, he did say he didn't go to the answers yet. Now, he said, Littles and SOT fans know me as the Swagmaster, but what you don't know is that early in college, before my career as a hotel manager and now procurer of all things swag, I had aspirations mm-hmm. of being a writer along with teaching high school English and being a football and baseball coach. Do you have the answer? Uh, yeah, Lord Alfred Tennyson, I don't think, wrote that. Okay, so it was Thayer somebody. Mm-hmm. Robert Lord Alfred Tennyson already... was around in like 1820s. Oh, okay. So Robert probably knows this after he got to the answers. Or um, Alfred Lord Tennyson, I should say. <laughs> not, not, he's not. Not Lord Alfred? He's not, he's not, he's not like owning land in the Middle Ages yeah. in Europe. Yeah. Uh, then Robert goes on to explain Duke how while, while he was in college, he wrote a Actually, story. wait a minute. He is a baron. <laughs> he's a baron? Oh, well, there you it go. Says, it is. Alfred Tennyson. The first Baron of Tennyson. Okay, well then he is a landowner. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, Robert goes on to talk about that he was in college. He wrote a story for a creative writing class where he took the poem Casey at the Bat and used it in a dream sequence in a fictional story about Crash Davis-like character. And then wow. he, he closes the email with this. I got a C- minus on the paper, but there were no other comments about the writing style or grammar as was on my classmates' papers. I asked the prof why so that I could learn from my mistakes and grow, and he said it was one of the best written pieces he had ever read from an entry-level student, but he hates dream stories. I dropped the class and gave up my dream of being a creative writer. Swag master Oh, man. Out. See, that isn't fair. No, because you ran into just the wrong person yeah. to be teaching a class. I had plenty of classes in college that I was like, me and this person don't agree on this, just subjective stuff, and that's mm-hmm. fine, but... Mm-hmm. You know, I just would move on to the next thing. 
if well if the writing is good it shouldn't matter mm-hmm. what the personal preference of the professor is that should yes the the writing should not be ju- if the if the class is to help you learn to be a better writer the subjective opinion of the professor should not determine the grade of the absolutely student. not and mm-hmm. it reminded me of i wrote an essay in grad school once where we had to write about something that inspired us or, or how we've been helped in an unexpected way i can't remember exactly what it was but mm-hmm. i wrote about my dog not the dogs that i have now it was a different dog um and and then and you know how that dog helped me through some things but anyway the notes back from her she wrote something like i can appreciate that you love that you love your dog but um, can an animal really have you know really do that much for you? Uh, can they really? Your get dog you- wrote this to you. <laughs> the teacher wrote it to me. Oh, can you? Can they really? You know, can they really do that much for you? Can they really get you to open up, have more confidence? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, lady, they can. Have you ever heard of therapy dogs? I mean, you can be inspired by a rock if it. Ins- I mean, yes. If it's, I was it's, so pissed it's, off. Come on. I'm like, come on, lady. And this was yeah. an ethics class for physical therapy school. It's like, get over yourself wow. already. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was so mad. Well, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like uh, Tim, what Tim was saying about, you know, he just, the first time he saw like the Aurora Borealis and the, the stars and stuff in the night sky at the South Pole, he just started clapping. It's the yes. spontaneous, that's the, it's the reaction that nature can draw out of you and certainly animals that you care for and that you know you spend time with can certainly draw that emotion out of you Absolutely so that's crazy of that can. woman that, to doubt that yeah crazy of her i'm sorry she's a dried up horrible shrew yeah yeah okay yeah yeah i won't mention her name but yes that's pretty much it <laughs> oh does she listen to this i doubt that very much um, how old is she she's probably dead by now no she's not she's probably 55 60 years old well, that's pretty old uh, yeah. Um, on your Coca-Cola dividend, Smitty Scoop at Smitty Scoop said, personal finance and investing is one of my few strengths. Enroll in the Coca-Cola dividend reinvestment program. Instead of checks for 30 cents, you will get more stock. I've been doing it for years. Well, yeah, I've, I've responded to him on Twitter, yeah. Well, I think I, I need I to thought have it was a doing chat already. with Smitty Scoop because somebody needs well, to teach yeah. me some stuff. Well, you just you just reinvest unless you're living off the unless you unless you have a large enough investment and that's your only income and you're living off of that income. Like, because I've known people who have had you know a couple million dollars in investments and they take the dividends and that's their monthly income. They don't actually have a job where they're making money. I mean, uh-huh. unless you're doing that and that's your plan and it's working out for you, then you need to reinvest everything you get because you're paying taxes on that. And what if you take that dividend and you spend it and it's it's so minor that you might as well reinvest it back in and get more value of, of the stock. Yeah, but I don't so, have any stock. I need to buy some stock. Well, then, yeah, you probably need to talk to Somebody a tell Somebody tell me what stock to yes. buy. Yes. <laughs> Send in your stock tips to at Speak Tangents. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, no, I do not want unsolicited, you know, yeah. buy this stock. Yeah. I, and, but, yeah, Patrick's completely right. It's the... It's the um, I thought all my stuff was doing that already, and everything else that I have that you know Dan and I have is doing that. Mm-hmm. It's just I just assume. I mean, come on, it's it's not like I'm going to retire on my shares of Coca Cola. Coca Cola, yeah. If that wasn't obvious from my thirty cents over six months that I made. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, we have a clarification from Jenny Robbins at Robbins underscore Jenny. Mm-hmm. Goose flesh, chill bumps, pillow erection or pillow erection, however you pronounce that. S N S. 
100 emoji, the 100 with the two lines under it. She used the 100 Mm -hmm. emoji. KJ, I don't recall chills getting into a hot car, but on a sultry day on the farm, I do recall getting goosebumps when the wind would stir. So, boom. I am... I couldn't get past whatever kind of erection she was talking about there. <laughs> what I, I, just, I read that tweet and I remember that. It me, it means when your hair stands up on your arms. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. Yep. So yeah. Um, SNS I, um, sympathetic nervous system. That's what I said last week. Okay. Yeah, I I I got the picture of what she what you were saying based mm-hmm. on because chills and chill bumps are way different things to me. But you're saying it's like somewhere in the middle of that. Well. Okay, it happened to me again at the baseball game that I mentioned earlier because um, it was so hot there and, and it was humid and the seats were very hot when you sat down. So I paid attention closer to this after what we talked about. And it really is more like, I mean, I occasionally got goosebumps, but it really is more like the actual chills, like from a fever, than it is goosebumps. Yeah, I've never it's very that interesting. Happen. And also annoying. I think maybe you need to take this to the extreme and do the 300 Club thing. And- <laughs> Then let me know. No. Okay. Um, okay. Bob Walsh, Quizmaster, Quiz Question Love, wanted us to um, pass along this PSA. Uh, for listeners of ours that are also Tony Kornheiser Littles, Bob and um, a few other people, I think Ed Butt, have coordinated a Midsummer Littles get-together. I think they're, I don't know if they're celebrating or not, but they're, it's pretty much the middle of Tony's hiatus. So Mm. this is happening August 4th at venues all over the globe, or at least in a few states. He's saying Littles will be getting together. Probably not Antarctica. No, probably not. But you never know. There could be Littles down there, too. Um, Yeah. They'll be getting together to to toast the halfway point of Tony's sabbatical. Check your Twitter or the Facebook for a location near you or create your own event. And he says you can contact him on Twitter or Facebook, at Adadaya on Twitter. Twitter or what? Um, The network that shall not be named. There we go. So I think there's one, there's one in Connecticut and one in Colorado so far. So there you go. Or Colorado, however you say that. Yeah, either way. And an email from Bob Sproul um, mm. from Pittsburgh. He's the one that I met at PNC Park during the rain delay. And I hope, uh, I know I pronounced your name wrong last time, Bob, so hopefully I nailed it this time. And he sent us an email. I don't remember how you pronounced, pronounced it I last time. I think it was so I Sproul. Even... I think I said Sproul, but I think it's Sproul. I would go with Sproul, yeah. Um, Subject line, the hotel room fiasco. Heard of the intruder in your hotel room on the last episode. My wife and I had a similar thing happen to us at a hotel in Phoenix once. Someone trying to get in in our room, although they never actually made it in. As I recall, the hotel had an east side and a west side, and the person just got confused. Still, that's an alarming thing to happen, and I'm with Jason. Write a letter to the Clarion Hotel HQ and describe what happened and the staff's lack of response. I'm betting you'll get a free night at one of their joints in the future. Enjoying the show. Yeah, cool. um, yeah, I, I still haven't heard totally a agree. word from them. It's ridiculous. I've seen people tweeting about this, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. Crazy. It's, it's it's not that. I mean, people make mistakes, and the guy. It's not obviously not the guy the fault who tried to come in the room. I mean, it's the people no, at, at the front desk who made the mistake, and that could be totally be like, oh yeah, no problem, forget it. You know, it's forgiven. But to res- the way they followed up and the cust- the lack of customer service in the response, not only from the people in person, but that the fact that somebody on their social media hasn't reached out to you is crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, the, the social media thing does surprise me because usually companies are all over their social media. Yeah, usually we can't get away from people that work for Oreo tweeting yeah, us and saying yes. they're a you know, creator, um, you know, just a 
just a mom with two kids, you know, who exactly. two orphan kids yeah. and, you know, crippled dogs that she adopted and whatever else she said <laughs> that made me go, okay, settle down here, Cherry Cola Oreo Creator Lady. Yes. Um, so hopefully I'll have more news later on the hotel. Okay. Last. I hope so. I hope you hear back from them I and they too. fix this. Um, and last, we have iTunes reviews. Nice. The first one is from June 4th, so thanks, interns, for missing that one. Um, uh, we You're apologize fired. to Moffat77 for the delay. This is the review from Moffat77. How's your Friday going is the title. Five stars. Chances are, if you're currently alive and at least partially coherent, your response to the above question would be something in the neighborhood of miserable or excruciating. This <laughs> podcast will improve Wait your day. <laughs> okay, go ahead. He's saying this that most is... people's Fridays aren't good because they're working okay. probably. Right? All right, keep going. This yep. podcast mm-hmm. will improve your day and perhaps drastically improve your day. If it doesn't and you can prove it, I'll pay you $11. <laughs> Thank you, Moffat 77. Well, I'm familiar with Moffat 77. I am too. Glad to hear that they left a review. Yes, me too. Now, the second mm-hmm. review we have is just from <laughs> July 7th. Okay. Um, Oreos is the title. Speaking of Oreos, mm, five mm. stars by J. Babs Sports Chick. I'm also unfamiliar with this person. Yes. This is what this person says. Nabisco really okay. should sponsor this podcast. The amount of Oreos <laughs> that have been me too. The amount of Oreos that have been sold because of it is tremendous. <laughs> also agree. Yeah. And you know, like boxes and boxes at chatter. Yeah, cases. Yes. If you like talking about food, particularly Oreos, which never seems to get old, this podcast is for you. (laughs) Wait, does she mean the Oreos or the talk of Oreos? Because I could see either because neither one of them is actually, I mean, it probably doesn't ever like go stale really even because they're not really actual food. Uh, If you leave them out without cover, they do. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But I see what you're saying. And this next yeah. comment by J-Bab Sports Chick, also same idea. FYI, cherry cola Oreos taste like chemicals. Get this person an, an award of some sort. Yes. So thank you so much for those reviews. I mean, yes, iTunes please, if you listen to the podcast and you like it and think it is five-star worthy, go to iTunes. Give us five stars. If Apparently, it's one-star worthy, review it anyway. Yeah. I'd, I'd, like, t- to hear, I'd like to hear what we need to fix. I mean, not that we're actually going to fix it, but yeah, I'd just like to hear about it. Yeah. Well, actually, we we did get four reviews, but only two of them wrote something. So we have no idea who gave us the other two. Also five-star reviews. So oh, we, so we just got we got the star rating without the actual written Right, rating. right. Okay. Which is fine, that. too. I mean, you don't have to write anything. But if you do want to say something, we're happy to read it. I wonder if we could give our own... I guess we could. We could give our own selves reviews. Oh, I'm sure we could. Okay. Because we this because it's posted under like I think it's attached to my account, my iTunes oh, account because yeah, I yep. set it up to post it, but it's not like well, it's not attached to mine. I could definitely give us one. Yeah, and I mean, I got more. I got more than one account, so. Yeah. Okay. Good. So we got that going for us. Is yours Muppet seventy seven? No, that's n- no, shake? neither one of those. Oh, okay. No. Um. Uh, well, we've, find out who we, they are. we've talked about this before, that iTunes reviews are kind of a pain to leave. So again, thank you for leaving yes. them. Anybody that takes the time to do 100%. it, we appreciate Seriously, it. Seriously, yes. Yeah. Thank you. That's great. Um, okay, that's Good it. Uh, I, you know, this one went long, which, um, but it was awesome. It was great to talk to <laughs> that's Tim. That's what she said. Yeah. What? <laughs> I set you up for that. 
right down yes. the middle of the plate. <laughs> we are continuing our jingle golf conversation with that one. Uh, that's it. Until <laughs> that's it for me too. So All I guess right. you have anything else? Nope, that'll do it. All right, bye. Bye. Speaking of Tangents is brought to you by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Hosted by Jason Fuse and K.J. Onstead. Created by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Music written and performed by Jason Fuse. Lyrics and vocals by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Edited by Jason Fuse. Special consultant for guest acquisitions is K.J. Onstead. And speaking of guests, we want to thank Tim Ager for coming on with us today. Now, Tim is not on any social media, but you can read more about his experiences at Poll on his blog at www.onedayonenightoneyear.wordpress.com. One is spelled out as in O-N-E, and the password is 90South. That's the number 90, and the word South, all lowercase, no spaces. So 90South. And speaking of polls, something called Spoon University ranked 15 Oreos from worst to first. And coming in at number 15 was Hot and Spicy, number 10, Peanut Butter, number 5, Thins Mint. Thins? Really? Number 2, Double Stuff, and number 1, Original. So it looks like Spoon University agrees with Jason and Tim, too. All those intellectual types. Graphics by Jason Fuse. I love snow peas. And I love you. Bye-bye.